Oh, praise God. I love it that we can be unpolite in our praise and worship. Look at that army of young people going out. Father, we bless that army of young people going out to ignition. Let them get fired up with you that they change their schools and their colleges, Jesus. Lord, touch their lives today, we pray. Amen. And that also, an army of young people. We're so blessed, aren't we, Family Church, to have just incredible young people that are loving God. I think there's around 150 kids or something in the, in the kids' church, and we've got an army of young people. I'm so thankful for those things, and uh, just thankful for God's presence that we, we don't have to hold back, amen? We don't have to hold back. We don't have to be polite. We owe nothing to religion. We owe nothing to religion. We owe everything to Jesus. And he deserves the best and the most passionate, the most unrestricted of our praise and worship. Amen. Well, a warm welcome to you again if you're visiting for the first time. Hope you're okay. You met Pastor Stewart. He's our executive pastor that was very much like Mr. Poppy today from the Nativity with the children there and was stirring them up and having a, a great time himself. How many people have ever seen the Nativity of Mr. Poppy? Oh, that's four of you that knew what I was on about there, but it was worth it for the four. And uh, listen, we're so thankful for what God's doing right now. I just got back. I was in um, New York and Pennsylvania the last two weekends, and we just saw the Spirit of God breaking out, life's being set free, people getting born again. Do you know, I was thinking this, I was thinking this week um, when the pastor was showing me some photos of the meetings, I never get tired of leading people to Jesus. 30 years, I never get tired of the privilege of leading people to Jesus Christ and watching what he does in their lives. And uh, Pastor Gina is in Scotland today, so let's pray for her, eh? She's in Scotland preaching up in Glasgow. And uh, she's been there all weekend, and I know that she's going to rock that place today, and uh, it's all good. But we are here, and we are hungry for God We've been in this moment or this series, which is going to be our theme, our vision theme for the year, called Kairos. And if you've missed any of the last three or four weeks, the good news is you can go back to the social media platforms and watch them over and over again. I know that Pastor Stu and Pastor Sean did a phenomenal job the last couple of weeks. And we've been looking at this thought of Kairos. And Kairos, for those who are maybe with us for the first time today, It's one of two Latin words that's used for time or for moments. And there's a Latin word called chronos. And chronos speaks of um, logical time or sequential time. Um, Minutes, hours, months, days. I'll meet you a week on Wednesday. That's chronos. That's logical, um, systematic, um, rolling into one another time. But then you have this other word, and this is the word that we really sense God is speaking to us at the moment, and the word is kairos. And kairos means a moment of divine opportunity, a moment of divine favor and opportunity, an opportune moment. We believe right now that we're in a kairos moment, but God is busy doing things on the face of the earth And so we've been sharing on this the last couple of weeks, and we looked at knowing the time that we're in. Then we looked at knowing our purpose in this time. And if we could get some of the echo off of the stage, that would be really good. I'm not sure how to professionally say that, but if you could get the echo off of the stage, that would be amazing. 
And then we looked at knowing our response last week. Now, Kairos moments can often be moments when the Holy Spirit is moving and doing something new on the earth. Now, we've spoken about Kairos moments being like the moment of Esther, where suddenly she realized that she'd been born for such a time, such a moment as this. We spoke about Joseph. We spoke last week about Nehemiah. Men and women that suddenly realized that God had positioned them somewhere special for a moment that he'd planned before they were born. But what I've been discovering in my life as well is often when we talk about a Kairos moment, a moment of divine, God-orchestrated favor and happening, it's most often to do with the Holy Spirit doing something new on the earth. Now, as you listen to different media channels, I'm sure you've been aware that the Spirit of God is breaking out in powerful ways across the world right now. Now, maybe some of you don't go out much on social media. I get that. But if you don't, I need to let you know that God is moving by his spirit in a fresh and new way. For many, it started a week on Sunday. Maybe you've heard about what's happening in the Asbury College, which again is supernatural. They've had revival moments in their past, back into the 1700s. But all of a sudden, a group of young students were worshipping and praying, and the Holy Spirit came in fresh power and authority. And the meetings are still going on now. It's, it's like 200 hours or something like that. That triggered, that was in Kentucky, that triggered in Alabama, that triggered in New York, a whole lot of revival, God breaking out. That really excites my heart because I knew the condition of the world, there was going to be a move of the Spirit soon. And in those cases, it's happening with young people, and that's awesome. But in other cases, it's happening with old people. Some of the older people are happy about that, that revival's not just going to be young people, it's all of us, all right? So don't, dis don't disqualify yourself if you're not as young as me. God is breaking out in different parts of America in a fresh way. What I've loved is they've had the sense, the young people have had the sense to keep the professional revival experts away so that God can just be God through a bunch of young people that don't know better, they don't know how to do it politely. But then you look in the Philippines and there's a mighty move of God in the Philippines now. Thousands are going down to the edge of water and getting baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. Meetings in the Philippines, uh, I just keep seeing clips of just people sobbing and crying as the Spirit of God is moving over here in the Philippines, over here in Kentucky, over here in Alabama, over here in Florida, over here in Korea, over here in China. It just seems that there's these pockets all around the world where the Holy Spirit is moving in a fresh way. You know, I've purposed in my heart, I'm not going to sit in the state of judgment or cynicism or skepticism because I know that we need a move of God. And anything that looks like a move of God, I'm in. Both feet up to my eyeballs. 
Now, when we see God moving around different parts in the world, that's brilliant, but the good news is that we can be assured in our hearts that the same spirit that's moving in those different locations is the same spirit that lives in us. Thank you for that awesome response. I thought I preached that really well, that bit. Let me try again. Maybe you didn't understand what I said. The same spirit that's moving mightily in Kentucky and Alabama and the Philippines, that same spirit that's changing, setting people free, bringing people into fresh encounter. He's the same Holy Spirit that's in this room right now and in your life if you're a temple. That's better. If we actually knew that as we should, that would have been the end of a meeting and we would have been back in worship now. Because sometimes we can be tempted to become spiritual tourists and go and get something from here and forget that he's also here. Now, I love it when people go to experience. I nearly did. Stuart was really worried. It was Sunday night. No, uh, it was, when was it? I don't even know what time it is at the moment with different time zones. I was flying into Philadelphia and I had this thought, God, you want me just to get on a plane and go to Ashbury and see what's going there? I'll go if you want me to. All right, that means that Stuart's going to have to teach more at the Forge. I'm not going to be back on Tuesday. Um, there's other meetings I'm going to have to cancel. But Jesus, if you want me to do it, I'm on that plane. And uh, in the end, I thought, I don't know whether to go or not. And then I said, all right, this is what's going to happen. He speaks to me a lot in dreams. I said, if you give me a dream, I'll go. He didn't give me a dream, so I came home. But I came home, and I was happy because I know that I know that I know that I'm not missing anything not being there, because the same Holy Spirit who's moving there lives in me. The same Holy Spirit that you see in big meetings where people were just loving on God, there's one Spirit, and that Holy Spirit lives in you. So what we've got to learn to do is to fan into flame the life of God that's in us, Amen. But we're in this moment where God is pouring out his spirit in a fresh way across the earth. But we really shouldn't be that excited or surprised because he promised he would. Now, you should only be surprised if God does something he said he wouldn't do or does something he never said he would do. But when you read in the Bible, we understand that God always had a Kairos moment where he was going to pour out his spirit on the earth. Now, the prophet Joel saw this back in the Old Testament. If you read the prophet Joel, chapter 2, verse 28, he said, a day is coming in the future, in the last days, where God will pour out his spirit. When you read about what happened at Pentecost 2,000 years ago, and people said, what's happening here? This is unusual. This isn't church as we know it. The apostle responded, oh, this is that. This is that that God promised when he said, in the last days I will pour out of my spirit. The young men and the old men will begin to dream and have visions. It won't be a young or an old thing. I'll pour out my spirit on the men and on the women. It won't be a man thing. I'll pull out my spirit. There'll be no people that won't be used. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on my church. What are we seeing today? I believe we're seeing a Kairos moment 
where God is pouring out a fresh touch of his spirit. I don't know about you, I'm hungry for God to do what he wants to do. Because whenever there's a Kairos moment or a moment of revival, people come back to life and things are revived. When the Spirit of God begins to blow in a fresh way, rusty Christians get unrusty. Sleeping Christians wake up. People that aren't Christians want to become Christians. When the Spirit of God begins to blow across his church in a fresh way, it brings a reviving, fresh life. Now you read about the Spirit of God moving in the Old Testament and also in the New Testament. When the Holy Spirit's mentioned in the Old Testament, there's a couple of words that are often used, Hebrew words. One of them is ruach, and the other one would be pneuma. And if you look at the meanings of ruach and pneuma, they basically mean, among other things, the breath of God. When God breathes. So when you read about the Spirit moving in the Old Testament, the word used is either ruach or pneuma, and both means God breathes in a fresh way. Now, a great example of this is found in the book of Ezekiel, where God pulls this prophet Ezekiel to the side and takes him to a place where he sees a vision. And I really believe it's a vision that could be for us today, a moment, a Kairos moment that we're in. And I'm going to read to you from Ezekiel chapter 37. And look what the Lord said to this prophet called Ezekiel. It says in verse 1, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit. So the Spirit of God brought Ezekiel out to this place that was in the middle of a valley. And Ezekiel says it was full of dry bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw many great bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Now, when we talk about bones, we're talking about things that once lived, right? They lived, but they're not living anymore. They're dry bones. They represent something that once lived, but isn't living anymore. They're dry bones. And he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I love his answer because it's a kind of awkward answer I may have given. Imagine when God asks you a question. You're left in a moment like, I don't know, what if I get it wrong? <laughs> what if I picked the wrong answer? Oh no, God's asked me a question. He said to me, can these bones live? I don't know. And then he comes up with his brilliant answer, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Great answer. Didn't commit either way. Put the responsibility back on God. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter into you and you will come back to life. I will attach tendons to you and flesh and skin will cover you. I will put my breath, that's that word pneuma, ruach, into you and you will come back to life and you will know that I am the Lord. So he says to the prophet, prophesy to these, dread, uh, these dead bones, 
You're coming back together and you're coming back to life. And when you do, you will know that I am God. You will know that I am God. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise of a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked at the tendons and the flesh that appeared on the skin that covered them. But there was still no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breathe from the four winds on these that have been slain, that they would live again. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life, and they stood on their feet, an exceedingly vast, unstoppable army. Now, this was a picture for Israel, but I also believe it's a picture for us. But when you look at what's going on in the world today, it looks like chaos. It looks like the ship is going down. You read reports for Christianity, people don't want it anymore. They need to come and talk to us, don't they, really, and get some statistics from some other places, but they're drawing them. People don't want religion, but they do want God. They want God. But when you look at the world today, you say, come on, God, what's your answer? God's answer is the church. The church is already on the earth, but too much of the church is dry bones. Too much of the church once lived but went dry, died in their faith, gave up on God but kept coming to church, fell asleep. And I really believe that we're in one of those moments, Kairos where God is breathing on his church. That God is putting his fresh breath back in to the church that's his body. Where do dry bones come from? A body. What's the church? The body of Christ. The church needs to be the church but a church filled with the fresh breath of God. So what's happening in the world right now? I believe that God is blowing fresh breath on his people. God is blowing fresh breath on his church. Not just in Asbury, Kentucky, the Philippines, Alabama, but here in Portsmouth and here in us as well. There's not multiple spirits. There's one God. There's one spirit. The same spirit that is reviving and awakening people on the other part of the world is the same spirit that's in our midst and in our lives. That's why Paul said to his son Timothy, you got to know how to fan into flame. Stir up the gift and the life of God is in you. When I look on social media and there's another report, God's now moving here. God's now moving here. I lay hands on myself and I say, come by our Lord. Come by here too, God. Blow here too, God. Give me a Bethel moment. Wake me from any sleep and slumber that I've been in. God, if I've been living from old breath, breathe on me afresh. Let these bones that may be dry come back to life. Let the church 
arise. In this moment, in this Kairos moment, let the church wake up, get on its feet and be the army and the people of God, filled with the Spirit of God to change the world. This isn't a moment to sleep through. Like we said before, if ever you've watched a great movie, something like Avatar that goes on for like 20 hours, or seems like it. What a sad thing if you stayed awake for most of a movie, but you missed the end. What a sad thing if you stay awake for most of the movie, but you miss the epic ending. Listen, God speaks through the prophets, Joel, in the last days I will pour out my spirit. He spoke through the prophets Isaiah. This is no time to be asleep. Awake, arise from your slumber. Arise and shine because your light, your moment, your kairos has come. It's time for the glory of the God to be seen on you and through you. Now, when God begins to move, often these are suddenly moments. You say, oh, I wasn't prepared. Be prepared. There's a moment when Jesus speaks to the Jewish people concerning his first visit. And a lot of the Jewish people wouldn't acknowledge him as the Messiah, the Son of God. So Jesus says to them, it's a shame. You missed your day of visitation. I came to save you. But you were so bound by religion, you couldn't see me. You missed your day of visitation. I don't know about you, I don't want to miss a day when God is visiting the earth in a fresh way by his spirit. I may have missed some, but I ain't going to miss any more. I want to see the end of this movie. You see, in the book of Acts, they didn't know what to expect with this thing called Pentecost. Jesus had said to them, listen, I want you to go to an upper room. That's all we know. Go to an upper room and wait until you get the promise of the Father. That's what Jesus said. So this group of disciples like you and me just pitched up in a room, not knowing what was going to happen. Then all of a sudden, if you read the book of Acts, it says, and suddenly, suddenly, there was the sound of a mighty rushing wind. And the power of God's Spirit broke out in that place and landed on the head of every person, and every person in that room was personally filled with the power of God. But they burst out of a room, the rest is history, the world was changed. Suddenly. Now, the thing I've learned about God suddenly is he'll take years to tee up a suddenly. But when suddenly comes, boom. It's like the wise virgins and the foolish virgins. Some didn't realize he may be delayed, but he's coming. And when he comes, he comes suddenly. Listen, I want everyone in family church that sees this church as their home to be awake and not miss what God is doing next in this moment. Now, why am I excited? Because I recognize a lot in these revivals that are breaking out things that we experienced back in 2015. Now, maybe you don't know this, maybe you've forgotten it, but back in 2015, it was November, I believe, we had an awakening in church where suddenly God blew and we didn't see it coming. 
It lasted two and a half weeks. More lives were touched and changed in those two and a half weeks than the whole time we'd been together as a church. My life was transformed in moments. We were doing these services. We had a Bible study with my friend, Pastor Colin Urquhart, who's gone on to glory. And I'd taken him out to eat that afternoon. And I took him to a restaurant. It wasn't my fault. And he got food poisoning from a sausage. And during the last meeting, he suddenly stopped teaching. I didn't know he had food poisoning from a sausage. And he said, get everybody to stand. So we all stood up and he handed me the mic and said, I must go now. And he left. And I thought, well, that's unusual. I found out afterwards he'd been poisoned by a sausage. But he was all right. He didn't hate me because he said, God wanted me to leave. I'd done my bit. I was like, well, sorry it took a sausage, but hey, it's all good, right? And he hands me the mic and I stand there and I say, hey, he's been preaching for two and a half days. You call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say. How about we don't ask for fire to fall if we don't put anything on the altar? That moment, a sound of crying, shouting, speaking in tongues, a noise so loud filled the room People began to fall to their knees. I was there when it happened. I'm not making this up. My daughters began to lay on the floor and worship God. I remember looking around and seeing Gabby just worshiping the Lord. We had to change some of the songs we were singing. I remember turning to Stuart because Stuart knows those songs that carry presents. He always, I said, get up. And Stuart begins to play, oh, to Jesus, I surrender. Presence of God increased. Suddenly, somebody runs up to me. A person that had promised they'd never forgive this person came running up to me, holding their phone. Look, I've forgiven them. They couldn't even leave the building. It wasn't volume, it wasn't noise. It was the awe of God. I was scared to touch the mic and I ain't afraid of mics. I was scared to say the wrong thing. Two and a half weeks. And I remember saying to the people, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Hey, let's come back tomorrow night. The next night, I turned up at seven o'clock. You wanna know how I knew it was a move of God? Everyone was on time. They were standing outside the building. Let us in. We don't want to miss what God's doing. So we met again. God said to me, you're not allowed to prepare messages. Every morning, meet me by your bed and ask me for one verse. I went, all right. So every morning, I didn't know how long this was going to last. I knew, I said, give me one verse, Lord. He gave me a verse I'd preach an hour and a half sometimes, stuff that I'd never learned. Miracles were happening. People were getting healed. I remember one night, there was just the sound of God moving, and a police inspector had heard the noise. Remember him? He comes walking in the back of the Empower Center to see what the noise is. Spirit of God hits him. He keeps walking, falls at the front of the church, gives his life to Christ, and has served him ever since. We didn't see it coming. I could go on with stories of things that happened. Two and a half weeks. And I remember on the Friday, I knelt down and I said, what now, Lord? And he said, I'm done. I said, are you angry? He said, no, no, I've done what I've wanted to do. But then he said to me, 
This is a foretaste of what's coming. Are we ready? All around the world, the Spirit of God is falling on people, waking them, reviving them, refreshing them. I didn't know these things were going to happen when I was in prayer for this year and God spoke to my heart. Your theme this year is Kairos for such a moment and time as this. Come on, spirit's moving. We need to make sure we're positioned correctly. Now, if we go back to the disciples in the book of Acts that experienced the first outpouring of the spirit, that's called the day of Pentecost, they had to go to an upper room, not knowing why they were going. It was a physical positioning. They had to be in an upper room. If they were in the garden, they missed out. If they were in Tesco's when it happened, they missed out. If they were visiting an auntie when it happened, they missed out. They had to be in an upper room because this was God doing something in one location because he hadn't yet filled the hearts of men. I don't believe that God wants us to be in one physical place necessarily. Like I said, the good news is I love what's going on in Kentucky, but I don't feel I have to be there. I love what's going on in Alabama and the Philippines. I'd like to be there to be a part of it, but I don't have to be there to experience God. But I do need to position my life and position my heart, not in an upper room in the street of Jerusalem, but here in my life. How am I going to position my heart? My attitudes. God, if there's any attitude that would stop me experiencing what you're doing in this moment, let that attitude now be gone. In my desires, in my hunger, in my expectation. God, I'm jealous of what you're doing there. Do it here too. God, I'm hungry. Do it here too. God, if you're moving in a fresh way with others, I know you're fair. If you do it for one, you'll do it for everyone. If you won't do it for one, you won't do it for any. So do it here too, Lord. Let my life be positioned in a posture of upper room so that when the Spirit does what he's going to do next, I'm right in the middle of it, loving every minute. In my experience, which isn't vast, but I have been in revival, I know what real revival feels like and I know what man-made revival feels like. Listen, when you're in God-made revival, it's nothing like the TV adverts told you. There's an awe that fills the room. Healing's so easy. I remember one night in the awakening, I said, oh, someone here's got a bad liver problem. They lifted their hands, they were instantly healed. You don't have to push anything. We would start singing worship. Remember, Stu, we start singing worship, right? Do you know how hard it is to get Christians, Pentecostals, to speak in tongues? I mean, two and a half minutes is a good day, right? How about two hours and you can't stop the people? When the Spirit of God begins to move, everything changes. There's two things I believe that will cause a revival, an awakening. Number one is when God decides he's going to move in a fresh way. You can't twist his arm to change his moments. 
I believe that we are in a Kairos moment, church, where God has decided it's time to move in a fresh way. But another thing that I've experienced, if you want to experience revival, is when people decide to turn their attention to him. Why are so many of these revivals breaking out all over the place? Because people here are hearing what's happening there and they're turning their attention and saying, here too, Lord. And God's responding, all right, I can do this all day, all night, anywhere you want. Come on, let's realize we're in a moment. I don't know why he picked this moment. It's a good moment. Do you know God loves moments? We've spoken about this. I was driving down the road. I was in upstate New York driving down the road. And all of a sudden, something jumped in my heart. And it was this, that God is very precise in moments, right? Do you know this year is the 70th year of Jubilee? Wouldn't it be kind of good of God who invented Jubilee to look 3,500 years later to a moment like this. What's a good time for me to move in the United Kingdom and the Western world? Ah, oh, that COVID thing will get some people's attention. Other things will get their attention. I know. Why don't we do it on the 70th birthday of Jubilee? Now, if you don't know what Jubilee is, it was a year that was in the Jewish calendar where everyone who had lost things got their things back. Everyone who was in debt was released from debt. Hold on, wait a moment. What did Jesus say when he unrolled the scroll? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel, set captives free, open blind eyes, and declare the year, the moment of the Lord's favor. I'm not saying that God will move because it's the 70th Jubilee, but it's kind of neat if he did. That's good timing. Only God could time that 3,500 years later. Are you hungry for him? Are you ready for him to move in your life in a fresh way? Are you ready for anything that feels like dry bones in your life to get undry? Any spiritual slumber to be disturbed? Because when God moves, my friends, he moves suddenly without permission, without expectancy to those that aren't watching. But I believe there's a group of us that are looking up saying, just like we know when the wind is changing and the rain is coming, just as we've learned to judge the weather naturally, we feel something shifting in the weather of God. The wind is blowing in a new way. And I'm going to get my sail out and catch that wind. God, don't let us miss what you're doing. God, we don't just want this to be something that happened in one place. We want your spirit to move across this earth. Where there's been hate, where there's been fear, 
God, pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit in meetings and in buildings. But also pour out your spirit in a fresh way here in our lives. Amen. Amen. Amen simply means so be it. Let it be. Maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus. Talk about joining the party at the right moment. Have you ever gone to a party and the first three hours were boring? <laughs> and then suddenly it got unboring and that's the moment some arrived and you're like, hey, I've been in the party for three hours. Maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus. This is the best moment to give your life to Jesus. This is the moment to give your life to Christ. Maybe you're here and you once walked with God, but you've stopped walking with God. But you would call yourself or refer to yourself as backslidden. You've dropped back from something you once knew. That's fine. Just step forward. It's, a, it's another step. It's a, it's a great step. Listen, I want to give an opportunity every time we meet. But if there's anyone in the room that doesn't yet belong to Jesus or needs to give their life back to Christ, you will always have an opportunity in our meetings and any time you meet us. Can we close our eyes and pray this simple prayer together, church? I mean, my voice is a bit gravelly at the moment. It's been well used the last couple of weeks. Let's just pray together. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for sending Jesus to die on a cross for us and as us. Thank you that my sins are forgiven in Christ and you cause me to become born anew and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Jesus, I call you Saviour. You are my salvation. Thank you. Just my every eyes closed, every head's bowed. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never brought your life to the foot of the cross, you've never let go of your life and say, God, can you do something with this? I want to count to three. And if that's you, I want you to do something really simple for me. I want you to lift your hand and say, yeah, Andy, I prayed that prayer. I prayed that prayer. I want to step out of the world and the life I've known into something much better. A, a world like you talk about, a kingdom you talk about. That kingdom's here, my friend, one step you're in it. If you're here and you prayed that prayer because you've never known him or you're bringing your life back to him today, when I count to three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. And I want you to be bold. If you won't lift your hand for him in here, you won't lift for him out there. Be bold. Own the decision. Say, today it all changes. One, two, three. Right now, if there's anyone. God bless you. I see that young man standing. I see that hand lifted at the back. I see that third hand lifted there. Is there another person right now? Right now. A fourth person. You say, me too. Me too. Come on. You've got nothing to lose. You've got, you've got everything to gain. There's one hand, two hands, three hands. Is there a fourth hand? You say, I'm giving my life to Jesus right now. Right here. Right now. I'm giving my life to Jesus. Is there anybody else right now? Right now. No one will leave this meeting saying they did not have the chance. If he comes back tomorrow, you would have had a chance today. 
Is that a hand over there? God bless you. That's a fourth hand. Is there a fifth hand today? Somebody else, and you say, me too, me too. I don't want to miss what Jesus is doing. I need him, I need him, I need him. Father, I pray today that you would so come upon these lives, that your spirit would so move in power on these lives. Their lives are never the same again. In Jesus' name. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hey, if you want me to pray that over you for a fresh today, would you just stand up? I know time's gone, but I just feel an unction just to pray that over people. If you say, yeah, I want a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit, just stand to your feet right now. If you don't, stay seated. If you do, stand up. It's, the choice is yours. See, Paul said, I believe in the book of Ephesians, he said, don't be drunk, overcome by other things. Be being filled. It's a continued tense. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're here today and you say, I just want a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit, or a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit, we're not going to take long. God don't need long. Come on, there's others. There's others. Why not? Why not? Why not? I need him every day. I need him every day. Would you just lift your hands for me? Father, as you promised, we can know a fresh filling of your spirit each and every day. In the name of Jesus, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. Be filled in a fresh, new way with the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's give him praise. What time is it? It's Kairos. God is on the move.